Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Mark. Hey, Dawn. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's talk about the Utes, as the as the movie characters call them, the Utes. The kids gone wild, man. We have teenagers going wild, not not so violent, not so much as violent down the shore, but in the Philadelphia region and all the nine one one calls, and even the Philadelphia teens stealing a car allegedly and then heading to Bucks County and robbing that the gun shop and then working with Philadelphia PD to. Thank God, you know, catch them and hopefully confiscate most or all of those guns. It just seems like the wild, wild west, not just for the grown-ups, Mark, but for the kids, kids as young as 13. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've i said this, and anyone that follows me on Twitter has probably seen me say say it there. These kids are literally playing a video game. They, it is Grand Theft Auto, very popular game online, but they're playing it in real life. It's murder, carjacking, you know, robberies. It is, uh, it's a situation where they, it's gotten so out of control that they are not afraid to do any type of crime. Any crime we can think of, these kids are not afraid to do it because, one, they're, they don't think they'll get caught. Mm-hmm. But, two, you know, even if they are caught, they're going to take their chances in court because they don't think, you know, Krasner's going to do anything to them. It's scary. And, and the other crazy thing about all this, Dawn, what a lot of people don't know, is a lot of this is done for social media credit, you know, cred. They're out doing these crimes, then posting them on Instagram, you know, trying to see who, you know, who can outdo the next person. And mom, dad, Grandparents, whoever's watching over the kids, whoever's the uh, legal guardian, just seem to, you know, I guess not care what their kids are doing. It's unbelievable. And you had tweeted out Philly Crime Update about this large fight at 15th and Market, uh, basically Dilworth Plaza area in the 9th Police District in Philadelphia. Can you can you describe what you what you were tweeting out or retweeting out with with regard to what was going on there? Yeah, it's it's something that we've all seen a hundred times, um, sadly. But it was a large group of kids. They all gather, and usually, what happens when they're all together, hundred two hundred kids? It, it looks scary at first, but it only takes one or two kids to say something or or do something where they you know, attack somebody or start throwing punches. 
and then it looks like a melee. And then every person around them, you know, the people working, walking by, are potential victims because then they start running. And once they start running, jumping on cars, throwing things, it's, it looks like a full-scale riot. And this is going to be a problem this summer. Remember back in um, Commissioner Timoney days, they were, uh, these, the kids were trying to do similar things like this back then, if you remember, mm-hmm. going downtown and doing flash mobs, you know, cause a little, yes. you know, props, causing some problems here or there at stores, and then they jump on the, uh, the L and, or the subway and take off. I think this summer it's going to be, unless Commissioner Outlaw allows her officers to start locking people up, who cares what Krasner's going to do? If she says enough's enough, let's just lock everybody up, get them in a court system, and let them deal with it. If she doesn't allow that, we're going to see this every day, every week during the summer. And so ultimately what... What's the answer here? And I want to think about this because somebody on Twitter had said, "Oh, Dawn, you know how do your how do your kids feel?" Because I have te- I'm a mom of teenage boys. How do you know your kids with your husband Larry Menti? How do they even stand their parents talking about all this crime? I didn't even respond to it, but I feel like of course I I talk to my kids about this because I, I say there are consequences. <laughs> you know, you yeah. you'll have maybe if you don't face this particular, you know, you don't face maybe the law with with Krasner. You're going to face me, and I'm worse than anything the police or Krasner could do to you in your life. We have to have consequences, but also intervention. And I, you know what, Mark, makes me so sad when I see, you know, some of the kids arrested, in the, and there was one in the suburbs, I believe, and there were Philadelphia brother, a duo, arrested. And you could see the younger brother in his face. And he, he looked maybe 14. He has this older brother, bad influence. And I think to myself, if only there had been an intervention in Philadelphia. Because now yeah, this younger kid, right, is, is now his path is set because they didn't do an early intervention. No, you're absolutely right. I have, I have five kids that are all adults. My two youngest are teenagers. They're 17. But I've always made sure all my kids, you know, you go out and act that way. Uh, one or, you know, a few things could happen. You can get locked up. And then if you do, when you come home, like you said, the consequences are going to be a little more, uh, you know, unfavorable, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But the other part is you don't know who you're going to interact with on the street that day that you could. You know, do something simple as throw something at a car. You know, nothing crazy, illegal, but nothing crazy. But that guy in that car gets out and says, you know what, I'm done with this. His whole life has been on a downward path. Now you just crossed his path on the worst day of his life. Now he's going to make it the worst day of yours. It's those little things that these kids just don't even think of for one second, you know. And they're out and about doing this. But like you said, where's the intervention? I remember the soda tax was supposed to be, you know, for for the kindergarten, but for the rec centers to get them fixed, to get them open so the kids can have somewhere to go. You know, and and of course, we all knew back when that was happening, that's not what was going going to, you know, be the outcome. They weren't going to use it for that. But these kids need at a younger age. Some of these kids now they're out doing these crimes. You know, I, I, I don't like to think that they're. They're a lost cause, but 
there's no consequence. So if they don't go sit in a jail cell for six months, they don't know like, oh my God, this, I'm missing out on everything. Mm -hmm. I'm missing out on the future. Let me change my life. They don't, there is nothing like that, you know? So what, what do you do? I, I just, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's, you got to open these rec centers from 6 a.m. to midnight, allow the kids to come in. I would, you know, instead of having cops assigned, if you drive around certain parts of the city, you'll just see cops in a car with their lights on because they're mandated to do that. They're told by the, you know, the commissioner, you got to sit there. You can't even interact. Well, take that cop, put them in a rec center, let the kids come in, interact with a cop, talk, play a little basketball, hang out, whatever it may be. You know, and, and give them something to do. The younger kids, before they get to the age where, okay, now I'm going to go out and start stealing cars and carjacking people and, like, again, playing basically Grand Theft Auto for real life. I mean, something's got to be done because whatever it is, the city and all the these grant money that goes out to all these, um, you know, organizations, mm -hmm. it's not working. It's not working, and we know that the money has trickled down to some of these organizations that were supposed to get the money. We still have the surpluses, but I wanted to ask you about something that was created because in government, what do they do? They create another layer of government. So they created mm -hmm. um, post George, George Floyd, <clears throat> the Philadelphia citizens police oversight commission. They created this thing. And now just yesterday, there's word that three of these members, two commissioners and the vice chair have basically said, we're, this is a hot mess. We're resigning. We're out. What an embarrassment mm -hmm. for the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. Who could have pictured that, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I saw that yesterday, too. Yeah. Uh, I, can only, I don't know anybody on that board, unfortunately. I would like to get a little more details on uh, what was actually going on in there. But I, I can imagine, you know, obviously I don't know, but... There's probably a lot of different points of views, a lot of theories on how this should be done or how something else should be done. And it probably got to a point where this isn't going to work, which anybody, you know, with half a brain could have told you well, yeah. this isn't going to be, you know, this is preposterous when they even started it. Uh, but again, like you said, it's another, hey, let's make another government agency or another layer of government to inter, you know, intervene here and and act on behalf of the citizens but in reality as most people in the, the government in philadelphia it's they're always acting on their own best interests well apparently i mean just to sum it up essentially they're complaining the, the reason the three of them left they said they can't get they haven't they have not gotten anything done basically they've gotten nothing done and they talk about the bureaucracy they've said that the appointed board members and staff have been you know fighting over delays in hiring, every little thing, they're micromanaged. They have to go and ask for permission. So even if they have, they're allowed to have staff, they have to ask for every little tic-tac-y thing, whether it's the staff salary, operational situations, and they're, they're saying they can't, they've gotten nothing done. And it's so frustrating. Imagine that, the level of frustration. So they went in there with a good heart and an honest heart to say, we're going to get some things done. And bring forth some solutions and this is three of them are saying we're out it's a mess that's disappointing yeah. to me as a city resident i tell you what yeah of course and again well 
their their whole job, their whole. I, and I didn't even know they were paid. I thought because I remember when they offered it, I uh, I actually applied for it uh, just to, so I, there could be a, a reasonable voice on there was my my opinion. But um, I didn't even know they were it was a paid position. So now, like you said, another government agency paid. Now they're fighting over staff. And that that's not what that should be about, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, the police department has too many problems with leadership as it is. Now you want to add another, another layer to the problems. It's, and I'll, it can be a little inside baseball here when it comes to the police brass. The problem, and a lot of cops have told me this, it starts from the commissioner down. Now, everybody thinks they can become the next commissioner. All right, so that's, most people are trying to become the next commissioner. So what they do is they do things to hurt their employees, their men and women under them, meaning, you know, writing people up, being hard on them, mm-hmm. while, they, while each other basically gets away with different things. So the morale of officers every day to see their leadership not getting their back, but if they do something wrong, they get a pass. And the reason they're all getting passes from captains to chief inspectors and things like that is because they all think maybe I could be the next one. So they don't want to kick off the next person that could be their boss eventually. So all the men and women sit down every single day, go out, do their job, understaffed, you know, overworked, while their bosses kind of do whatever want, take off whenever. If they have any infraction, they get away with it. And then to add a police reform sitting in the, in the shadows, mm-hmm. over, you know, overlooking what you're doing as well. Uh, it's, it's just too stressful of a job for, for the cops these days in this city. And to be honest, you know, it, it, this is, again, another government agency not working for the citizens of Philadelphia. It, it's just preposterous anymore. Yeah, and so they, this CPOC, as it's called, the Citizens Police Oversight Commission, not only did they pay but they have paid staff. So (laughs) (laughs) I know. And they're just saying, think about that for a second. Why, why do you need a paid staff? Exactly. What what possible reason could you have that? If if me and you were hired to overlook, all we do is pick up the phone, but like, okay, I saw this incident yesterday on the news or Mm -hmm. here. I was reading this in their policy procedures. I don't think that's right. Or I think this should be changed. What do you think? Hey, like, like I need a staff for that. That's, uh, but again, not shocked. Yeah, it's a. Uh, so, where where do you see as as we move forward? What's your hope? Because I always want to, I want to give a hopeful tone, and I pray every day that you know we will have leadership that gets it, and that can cut through the BS and the layers of bureaucracy, and and actually force some change. You you mentioned Timoney back in the day, and he was a polarizing figure in in some circles, but he was somebody, you always saw him on his, with his bike helmet on, his bicycle. He was in the community. He was a presence. He supported, I think he supported his, his police force, but also just always had that police presence in the community, which we're lacking now. Where do you see us going with moving forward to the next mayoral election, Mark? It, it all depends who wins. I, I, I know David O will replace uh, Outlaw if he wins. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I'm hearing, Parker is going to replace Outlaw as well. They first need to hire somebody within, somebody that all the men and women can respect or have respect for. Somebody as a cop wakes up and says, I want to work for that, that commissioner because he or she will have my back and will protect me when I'm out on the street. That's the important part right here because next year, I think they're slated to lose three to 400 officers just from retirement. If they keep outlaw, you can double that number. And they are almost at a point right now where it's mission critical. What that means is they're so low that it's a, it's a situation where it just becomes dangerous to be out on the street anymore. So they the first commissioner or the next mayor needs to make sure it's a commissioner that the men and women respect, they want to work for, they know the commissioner has their back. And then, and only then will more people want to become cops. Maybe more people want to transfer to the department. And then the morale start getting a little better. And then it becomes, it, it enters a, like a, they say, trickle-down effect, mm-hmm. but this will go the other way. Now cops will be more eager, okay, I'm going to stop this person. And if it does go sideways, at least I was doing it in the best interest of the citizens, and I'm not going to go get, you know, get thrown to Krasner without any help or backing or anything like that. So new commissioner from within the department, and then I think that right there, is a major step and, and could be a uh, light at the end of this tunnel. Now, would one of who, who, what names do you hear as far as moving up within the ranks? And what's the deal with former Deputy Commissioner Christine Coulter, who had, and I'd reported on this in the fall of tw- last fall of 2022, where there was a falling out with Deputy Commissioner or with the Commissioner Outlaw, I should say. Is Christine Coulter, has she, is she still in play here? And do you think she would be put back to the forefront? I, I haven't heard any. Oh, I've heard a few names. I don't want to mm-hmm. say who I've heard from in the department because I know Outlaw's not a fan of mine, so I don't want to jinx anybody. But from outside the department, which I heard um, if David O were to win, I've heard um, Sullivan, who was a deputy Joe? commissioner here in Philly. Yes, that they would try to bring him back. That's the name I've heard in in that circle. Uh, He's out in North Dakota, I believe, somewhere right now. So I heard they would try to bring him back, which a lot of of people I know within the department would love that. Yeah. Uh, There have been a few names I've heard within. Like I said, I don't want to jinx anybody because, um, you know, it's, it, but definitely, if one of the names that I've heard were selected, I think it would be great for the department and for the men and women. Uh, yeah. Christine, I haven't heard her name, but again, I don't know. I'm not completely uh, inside on everything here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but definitely somebody that the cops will sit back and say, thank you. Now I have somebody that cares about me. Yeah, And, and then- we can go on and on with, with outlawing her problems. And this is nothing personal against her. You know, I, like everybody in this city, wanted to see her succeed. Yep. It's just, she was, you know, in over her head. Yeah, over her, I mean, there were so many strikes against her, to your point. I think everybody tried to be supportive. But with the, you know, Rich Ross, tough shoes to fill, they clearly wanted a woman. And so Joe Sullivan didn't get it. Christine Coulter didn't get it, which was weird to me. They wanted 
somebody of ethnicity and a woman, I guess. But she came in as somebody with not, she did not have that experience as, you know, she came from a relatively s- small police department. But then on top of it, mm-hmm. the pandemic struck, you know, and so it was, it, I think it was a double whammy. So I'll give her that. But I think if I'm her, I'm sure she's smart, smart enough to be looking for another job. I I can't imagine that she oh, she's out every job. weekend. She, I, I have people <laughs> down at the airport telling me that she gets on, uh, she had, well, I mean, she heads to other cities and she gets to board first, her and her, I guess her security or somebody, they get on first, they get off first. It's, you know, she's living the life, you know, out, out every weekend, always down in some other city doing something, well, you know, well, maybe not the next job. commissioner's got to know this is not a nine to five job. It right. is a 24 hour job. And I know one of her issues that some of her staff, upper staff that I know of, uh, you know, she didn't want to be bothered after five o'clock with with certain thing. If it's not this type of incident, don't call me. Unbelievable. You, you just can't be that kind of you can't be that kind of boss. And you know, in Philadelphia, it's just you know, we all seen it, and we've all seen the results. Yes. Under her, there's been over two thousand murders under her leadership. So that there alone. I don't care who you are as a leader. You could have been John Timothy during those four years. You don't deserve to come back. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I saw you on with on Newsmax, on with Greta. Very wonderful, yeah. great job. What's next? Thank what you. Do you, uh, promote? What are you doing next? What's up next, Sergeant well, Mark Fizzetti? What's next? Uh, I'm actually working on. I saw a young lady down in Kensington the other day when I went down there to get some video for Greta's show. Mm-hmm. I saw her, somebody I had arrested multiple times. She wound up being coming an informant for us. Um, she's been in Kensington living that life for 20 plus years. She's been beaten, raped, robbed, left for dead. Uh, she just had open heart surgery from that drug because of that drug trank. Mm-hmm. She's going to come on my, my podcast. I'll do it on Twitter live. Uh, so we're working on having her on. She's going to literally tell her story from the first time she got high until right now and everything in between. So I'm looking forward to having her tell everything so the world can hear yeah. and actually see what what this life is like for, you know, for the people down there that are, have been largely forgotten and, and yeah. uh, left for dead by our administration. And what do you say to people? Final question here, Dr. Uh, Sergeant Mark Fuzzetti. What do you say to people who actually criticized me for covering Kensington saying, Dawn, it's always been, it, it has always been like that. And I said, you know, what? I've been covering Philadelphia and crime and on the streets since 1997. I've never seen Kensington the way it is. No, it's you- not. Kensington has been bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it is not what it is today. The girl that I'm speaking of yeah. when I talked to her on Monday she said, we need to warn you in the back to come lock these people up. Like she literally said that by getting locked up, it would help someone like her. There's no chance of her going into a rehab on herself. It had to be forced on her. And she was clean multiple times. But she was the one that said to me, like, you guys need to come back. I mean, this is out of control. A person has lived down there, lived that life for 25 plus, you know, 20 plus years. She's the one saying it's out of control. So, no, it hasn't. When you see what it is, what it looks like today, it's never looked like that before. And I was down there in the early 2000s 
when heroin was its purest and people were coming from all over the world to get to it, it still didn't look that bad because there was enforcement and the enforcement forced some people to go and get help and get off the street. Unfortunately today, none of that's happening. And we all see the videos. They are literally left out there to rot and die. Well, uh, I thank you so much, Sergeant Mark Fizzetti. Thanks for joining us and uh, sharing your journey. And you're out there every day, you know, working to bring all of these issues to light. So we really appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Dawn. Thanks for having me. You have a good one. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.